dearest father, closest brother, thank you for helping us and ushering in the power and presence of God. Join me in a word of prayer, if you will. God, we thank you for your presence in our worship on today. Not simply in the sanctuary here on 164th Street, but the sanctuary of our hearts. Thank you for showing up and showing out. You've displayed yourself in our giving. You've displayed yourself in our prayers and certainly in our singing. And so we request and we beseech you now to show yourself in the proclamation. I am simply ordained dust, but all that I am and all that I am not is available unto you. So use us for your service, preacher and people, people and preacher, that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, may be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Thankful for God-directed joy. Today is the first day of Advent, and we, we enter into this season of Advent with anticipation and excitement because Advent is the time of year that we look to the wonderful, amazing power and promises of God. Advent is the precursor to the presentation of the pageantry of the birth narrative. Advent uh, uh, sets it off. We, we enter Advent, yes, looking at the past, but also looking forward to the future. We look back at the birth of Christ, but we also look forward to his return. Advent is, is a reminder of both what was and what will be. It is a time of waiting, expectantly looking for what is to come, yet not quite sure how and what will come. This first Sunday in Advent is also the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, that, that holiday in the United States that um, is about feasting and gathering. It's uh, this first Sunday of Advent is also the Sunday for which the people who came and gathered with you uh, are on their way home. For some, that's a good thing. For others, it's a sad feeling. But Thanksgiving is a time of of even it's anticipation, even Thanksgiving. It's the time of the year that special recipes are crafted in love. Bakers are reborn in this season. And especially this time of year, and especially this year that we've gone through all the, the challenges uh, that, that uh, lie behind us and maybe even before us, with all that we have been through, we look forward with great anticipation to gather uh, to be with people we haven't seen in a while. And, and sometimes the most memorable gatherings aren't necessarily the biggest ones. Sometimes the most memorable gatherings aren't necessarily those with all the pomp and circumstances. Sometimes all it takes for there to be a great gathering is one person. You ever notice that um, 
There are some people who just show up unannounced. You don't have to give them an invitation. You don't have to send them a text. They just show up. And the thing, I, I'm, I'm not talking about the family gesture. I'm not talking about the drunken, foolish uncle. I'm talking about that person who, who shows up, and when they show up, their presence is a blessing. They didn't get the invitation. You, you didn't send them anything. But, but when they showed up, you knew that it was a sign of favor. You knew that it was a sign of God. Having them at the table makes a difference. Maybe it's their laughter. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's their ability to just make you feel good about yourself. Maybe they, they just light up the room. They bring with them something that, that we had no idea that we really needed. What is it that they bring? Joy. They bring joy. They, they, they bring with them something that... Um, uh, when they show up, we experience joy. Now, now joy is, is, is similar, but it's different from uh, happiness. Um, I think in one of Kirk Franklin's songs, he said, in order for you to be happy, you have to have something happening. But joy is not dependent on happenings. Joy is, is not an emotion because, uh, you, you know how happy is. Happy, uh, you, you, you're, you're happy one point, uh, and then they get on your nerves, uh, and, and you're no longer happy. I have any parents who will say amen? Uh, uh, any spouses that will say amen? You, you're happy at one point, they get on your nerves, right? That, that happiness varies. Don't, don't, don't look at her. Don't look at her. Uh, 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 and, and, and it's all because happiness is, is based on circumstance, right? But joy, Joy is different. Joy is not contingent upon the circumstance, what's going on, what's happening. Joy is, is a state of being. That is, uh, joy uh, is, is, it's not dependent on you having it all together. Joy brings a sense of security in unsecure times. Joy brings peace in the midst of war. When joy shows up, your morning turns to laughter. Joy brings rest to sleepless nights. Joy is not an emotion. It's a state of being. When you're happy, you can be unhappy. When you have joy, you cannot unjoy. You can enjoy, that is continue with it, but you can't undo joy. And so, so who are these carriers of joy? Uh, they're, they're, they're not arbitrary folks. I, I need, need us to understand. They're, they're not happenstance. They just don't happen. Um, carriers of joy are God-directed. Carriers of joy are, are the answer to prayers that you may not have even known that you needed. Carriers of joy are, are, are God-directed. Uh, uh, how do I know this? Because listen, listen to Paul. Paul says it like this. Paul says in the 11th verse, Paul prays that God and the Lord Jesus might help him to get to Thessalonians. Now, you and I have prayed to God, or you and I have prayed to Jesus. But when we pray to God and to Jesus, 
You know, we're really pouring it on. We, we, we add. We, we want to make sure we keep all our bases covered. We, yes, they're three in one, but, but we, we call on them. And so Paul is saying, uh, uh, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. See, they bring godly joy because they're directed to be there by God. Did you get that? They bring godly joy because they're directed by God. You ought to say amen. What, what that means is simply this. God is intentional about sending joy to his people. That's good news. Uh, you, the joy in your life is not by chance. The joy in your life is not simply because you bumped into it or you happen to be at the right place at the right time. I'm telling you that the joy that is in your life is because God intended that to happen. God wants joy to be in your life. When, when a person of joy shows up in your life, know that they are sent by God. They, that's godly intentionality. You may not have invited them, but God did. Ah, has that person ever shown up at your doorstep and, and you just needed to hear from them? They ever give you a call and, and you haven't heard from them in a long time, but ring, ring, and, and there is something about the circumstance that changes. Uh, you, the circumstance remains the same, but you're changed. You, you may not have invited them, but God did. See, Paul, Paul wanted to be with them and, and God desired that he would send them to Thessalonica. He wanted them to be together. He prayed that he might see them face to face. He, he wanted to be with them. He wanted to be sent. And so, too, it's like Advent. Advent, sometimes we I hear people talking, we're, the, we're on this Advent journey. A Advent is not our journey. We are not in charge. You know, the journey that you took to Thanksgiving, whether you're going to someone's house or someone was coming to your house, wherever it's, it's the annual trip you make to, to go on, you pack, you prepare, you do things. Advent is not a journey that we make. Advent is a journey that God makes to us. It's a time we prepare for God's trip to us. Advent is the time we ready ourselves to receive God, the God who against all reason, it didn't make any sense for him to leave the comfort of heaven just for our redemption. That doesn't make any sense, but, but he did it anyway. He journeyed towards us. He comes closer to us. And Paul reminds us that, that we're just not floating in the universe. You're just not out here by yourself. You're just not doing your thing. But, but, but God is actively pursuing our hearts and our minds. And the problem or the challenge is, is what do we do or how do we wait until we meet him? What do we do with this anticipation as we wait? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 12 says the answer. 12 says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. Paul says that our, our, our waiting uh, ought to abound in love 
for one another. He was he was talking to the church then, but he's also talking to the church now. He prayed that Jesus would would make the church, you and I, increase, abound in love for one another. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, uh, in John's gospel, he said it like this. The, the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the father. Paul wanted us uh, uh, wanted for them what he wants for us. That is that a community that has the dwelling, the indwelling of Christ. Man, can you imagine what that would look like? A community overflowing, he says, abound. Uh, that is, that's more than enough. Uh, overflowing with love. Uh, a community uh, where the love of God dwelt, where the love of God had no boundaries. Because Paul said, not only do I, I come and I want you to have love for the community, but he said love for all. That, that, that kind of love, what kind of love was he talking about? He said, love that's patient, love that's kind, love that's long-suffering, love that's caring, love that's willing to feed the hungry, love that's willing to provide real affordable housing to working men and women, love that provides treatment to those who suffer from mental illness, love that calms the manic, love that lifts the depressed, a community that loves not just itself, but loves the other. He's talking about a community of love love. But here's the problem. The problem is God had been sending prophets all along. He had been sending prophets all along and, and, and humanity kept missing it. God would, would send prophet after prophet. We'd get a little bit of it and then we'd fall one back. Take one step forward then five steps back. Uh, we, we could not get with God so God had to get with us. See, that's, that's, that's abounding love. See, uh, he took off the comforts of heaven and, and came down and took on this flesh. When, when we take off our comforts and, and get uncomfortable with the other, that's when love abounds, meaning that you and I have to make some sacrifice, that is, to make sure that, that, that there is meat in God's house so that we can meet, M-E-E-T, the needs of the people who don't look like us, who don't sound like us, uh, and yet they're still God's people. That's abounding love, that, that it's not just convenient for us, but, but love is a verb, not a noun. That means there ought to be some action behind it. Uh, love, love is not meant to be neat and clean. I think I lost somebody on that. Love is not neat and clean. Uh, uh, a love, love is sometimes dirty. I'm not talking about hurtful. Listen to me clearly. There's a difference between hurtful and dirty. Uh, what, what are you talking about? See, love, love, abounding love, means that we got to get our hands dirty. I'm sure, I have no doubt, that there were plenty of, of table settings um, this year, and I saw a few of them on IG and a couple other places that they had stuff laid out. They had coordinating orange um, little pumpkins, and they had uh, the little um, napkin holders, and they had the centerpiece. They had beautiful runners. The, the cups matched uh, the plates, and, and they had little um, 
uh, the silverware, all of that stuff. It was all plastic, but it, it looked good, right? It really looked good. Had it laid out, and it was so, so good. I, just looking at it, you didn't even want to mess up the table, but it was beautiful. It was laid out like a professional, and all of that was wonderful. Uh, and, and some of these pictures were, were posted, and people were commenting on them, and the napkins were folded like turkeys and all kinds of other stuff, and it was a wonderful thing. They had great pictures of the dining room. That was the dining room. It was dining room cinema. It looked beautiful, but that was the picture of the dining room. But if you were to step into some of those kitchens a few hours earlier, if you were to walk into some of those very same kitchens a a few hours earlier, I, I am sure and certain there were no matching spoons and forks. I'm sure that, that, that it wasn't laid out pretty and pristine. I, I'm certain that there was a couple of spilt this and, and some spilt that, that, that the countertop was not uh, uh, all pristine and clean, that the countertop had some gravy that was left over and had some other something and, and looked into the sink and somebody had to do the dishes while, while you're cooking and there's all kinds of movement going on in there. I'm sure that there were some pots that were bruised from boiling and basting. In the kitchen, uh, there may have... Even even been uh, 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 such a mess that, that you couldn't believe that that came out of that. But don't you know that's what love does? See, that's, 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 that's messy. That's dirty. See, sometimes uh, 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 you, okay, I, I lost somebody again. Let me help you. Because you're looking at me through these masks, I can't see the rest of you, but I can just see your eyes, and I see I lost you on that. Let me help you out a little bit. The dining room is pristine, laid out, beautiful, wonderful. In the kitchen, it's not so. You've got some pots, you've got some stuff, you've been using, you've been working it. Uh, uh, Maybe, just maybe, uh, you come to realize that your life is not a dining room, but more like a kitchen. That there's some stuff in there that uh, uh, has to go through uh, some process. It, it, it has to uh, go through some fire, that, that it has to uh, have some things shredded. Sometimes you've got to cut some things off. You've got to trim some things that, that over in, in the kitchen, you'll see the scraps that are left over. Sometimes in the kitchen, uh, every now and again, you'll nick yourself. Every now and again, when you go into the oven, you'll get a burn. Every now and again, there, there's some hardship going on in the kitchen. But by the time you finish doing what needs to be done in the kitchen, look at that dining room. Look how, how, how beautiful, look how wonderful, look how tasty, look how delicious, all of the things. And, and, and I'm saying that to say to you that, that uh, uh, it, it took that kind of sweat and tears to get over there. And it took that very same kind of sweat and tears. And God, God took nothing but made a whole lot of something. Paul said, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel because of our God, because we, well, we can thank him because we know what goes on in the kitchen. Some of you are sitting here right now. You look really good, but this is the dining room, you. 
This is all the polish and all the stuff that you've laid out, but, but all the things that you've been through, all the stuff that, that you've gone through, and yet God has prepared you. And so I'm saying to you that every now and again when someone shows up, uh, when they come into your life, they're not so much interested in sitting at the dining room table. They're the ones that'll come into the kitchen, that'll sit right there with you, that'll pull up next to a table, and, and they're not worrying about getting it all right. They're just worrying about, is it good? And, and they'll... It, it, encourage you. They'll say, oh, put a little more sugar in there. Put a little more salt in there. They'll tell you, what's the sugar and salt of life? His word and prayer. And having a little more faith in there. They'll say, I know you're going through, but, but you just keep holding on. That's when you are thankful to God, when you find somebody in your life who, who will help you with that. And, and, and let me say this, and I'm done. Because you still look like you're not sure. Uh, maybe you're still just left over from Thursday. Uh, but, but, but one of the things that you realize, I, I, I remember in, in, in this past year, I gathered with some family, and, and one of my siblings said, hey, bring me mom's bowl. My mother had a, a, a Pyrex-ish, I guess it is Pyrex, mixing bowl. Uh, mixing stand and, and all. He said, bring me mom's bowl. My mother's bowl has been sitting up for now uh, almost six years. No one touched. But in the process of getting mom's bowl, in the process of wiping the dust off and doing everything, just holding that bowl, I thought about all the cakes. I thought about all the pies. I thought about all, all, all the care that went into it. And, 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 and then I really started thinking about it because it wasn't just the cakes and the pies because those were, were nice, but I, I thought about all that it took. See, my, my mother and my grandmother made pound cake. And, and what that means is they, they started from the beginning. That means it's from scratch, not just Betty Crocker, add egg and water, but, but they would put some flour in there. Uh, uh, and then they would, would get the butter and that butter had to be room temperature. And they would put the butter in there. And, and if they really wanted, they put some cream cheese up in there. And then they would put an egg. But you can't have eggs all at once. You got to put the eggs in one at a time and mix it. And that thing would start mixing. Then they would just take a little lemon zest just to make it just right. And all that stuff. You had the right amount of sugar, the right amount of vanilla. I tell you, I watched because I sat there just like this. I couldn't wait because there was, uh, yes, I love the cake and I couldn't wait to get to the cake. But it was the process of them going through that, that by the time uh, my mother and I became a little boy, my grandmother said, go grease the pan. How do you grease the pan? You take some Crisco. You put your finger in there and grease and wipe around that Crisco. Then you take some flour and shovel the flour. Not too much, but just enough. And you cake it off so that it's not too much flour. And then she pour that cake batter in there. Oh, it looked good. Couldn't wait. Ah, but what's most important was that cake pan. That mixing bowl. You see, because in that mixing bowl, uh, uh, mama would say, I'm done. And when she was done, I just begun. 
See, because I would stick my finger in there and oh, how delicious that thing was. And then when it got real good, I'd take off the, the little blades and, and just, and, and you would see a, a cake mustache all over my face. And all of that was just the preparation. And that was the preparation for what came at the end. And I tell you what, all the stuff that you are going through, my brother, all the stuff you are going through, that's just preparation. That's just making you ready because when it comes out on the other side, I don't, I've never had a bad cake from my mama. I'm sure some of you never had a bad pie from yours. It just always was right. And that's just cake. So imagine what God is doing in your life when he shows up, when he brings the joy, when that person just shows up and is willing to sit in the kitchen in the heat of your life. You got reason to be thankful? You got someone like that in your life? Ah, oh, maybe you might be that person in someone else's life. That's reason for you to be thankful. Thank you, God, for using me in that way. And so they may not, may not post you on IG. You may not get the dining room look. But you know what goes on. You know what happens in the kitchen. You, you, you know all of that stuff and all that is good for us. And so Paul said, what, what do I have to be thankful for? We sing a song, count your blessings. Name them. I woke up this morning, clothed in my right mind, a portion of health. Uh, I, I've got a few shreds of clothing. I, I, I chose if I wanted to eat or not to eat. Uh, does anyone want to continue the blessing? Uh, uh, you made it safely to worship. Uh, uh, you made it safely to worship from your bedroom to your living room. Uh, uh, keep counting your blessings. You've got a few dollars uh, in the bank. You've got, got a, a piece of car. You've got something. All of your blessings. If you sat down and think and started counting of all the blessings that God has bestowed upon you, why would you want to keep that to yourself? Share your joy and be thankful. Amen.